You're always going to have the poor with you. Now, what was he saying? Was he saying, don't care about the least of these? Not at all. Because all throughout his ministry, he had done that. In fact, he says, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you're making a difference. Jesus was saying, keep your priorities right. Keep the main thing the main thing. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. You've received his forgiveness, and you've said, rest of my life, Lord, I want you in control. Have you given him the place he deserves? Simon gave Jesus a place. Martha gave Jesus her perspiration. (laughs) She just, she needed to work. And you know, we've been a little tough on her. Back off. Somebody's got to do it, right? Don't knock her for her service. Serving is a trait that every Christian must possess eventually. Jesus said in Matthew 20, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Now, for some, this comes natural. I told him I didn't know if I'd mention it, but I've just got to. I was riding in on a golf cart with my friend Charlie this morning and Man, ever since the first day that Charlie and Kim Fultz walked into this church, they've found something to do. And so I said, hey, you, you're not on cameras this morning? He said, no, but I got to be doing something. And then he said, that's just the way I, I worship. That's, that's just the way I'm wired. And for some of you, that's service. And you don't, you don't care if your name ever gets mentioned. You don't care if anybody ever sees it. But, I mean, when we go over to lunch in a few minutes, you're going to be the one making sure everybody's got a chair and, and that things are where they need to be. For some of us, that's not as easy, though, right? For some of you are like, oh, I guess i got to do this. I'd be like Jesus. <laughs> and you do. That's part of who we are. We perspire, we we work, we serve him. And man, I just need you to know your church needs some more servants. As we begin to show this community that we really do see them like Jesus sees them and loves them like Jesus loves them, we need more of you to stand out, even in the heat in the parking lot and welcome folks in. We need more of you to be greeters and and welcome folks. We need more of you to serve with our preschoolers and our children and our students and, and make a difference in their lives. We need more of you to sing and to play and to work in our tech team. We're we're just like most churches. 15% of the people do 85% of the work. We need you to serve. Martha gave Jesus her perspiration. Lazarus just gave Jesus his presence. Told you he didn't say anything. He's just hanging out with Jesus. I mean, can can you imagine? I mean, he's just sitting there looking at Jesus. I can't believe you brought me back to life. Man, you're so cool. How'd you do that? Man, Jesus. They told me you cried when you found out I was dead, Jesus. Oh, I love you so much. 
He's just worshiping Jesus. And, and some of you are like that. I, I'm kind of wired that way. Worship gets me. That's, that's why you're, you'll see me being emotional. And after I walked off the stage earlier today, I kind of went behind that curtain and I wasn't because I didn't want to be around people. I was just worshiping Jesus and I didn't want to distract you. I was just singing as, as we were singing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I've witnessed what you've done in my life. Thank you that I know firsthand how you can change people. Thank you that I know what it's like to to see a life turned around. I texted my friends, Billy and Jonathan. Neither one of them could be here today, but I love watching them worship. You know something about both of their story? They both come out of addiction. God saved them out of a life of deep addiction. Now they lead our Celebrate Recovery ministry. But either one of them, and they come to different services, either one of them, when they're worshiping man, their hands are in the air. Both of these are men's men. Both of these men, man, they're tough guys, but they love Jesus. They're giving it all it's got. They're praising him with everything because they just know how grateful they are for what Jesus has done. And for some of you, that comes easy. For some of you, that doesn't come as easy. But guess what? Get over it. You got to worship. If you come to worship and you just sit here like this, that isn't saying anything about our sound system or our band or our style of music or who you see on stage. That's saying something about you. It's time you wake up and realize everybody else sees you. We're called to worship. Some of us seem like we've gotten over Jesus. We walk around and say we're saved. If someone asks us, are you going to heaven when you die? We say, absolutely. But our life looks like we don't give a flip for what Jesus has done for us. They're more like some of the characters at the end of this story. We're, we're more focused on judging other people's worship than worshiping him ourselves. I've been off of social media for the last four or five weeks and It's been so encouraging because I get so tired of some of my brothers in ministry and some of the people I see on social media that all they can do is talk about how other Christians are worshiping Jesus wrong. Give me a break. Just get out there and worship him yourself. Psalm 42, Jesus, we're we're told from, from David... About the worship of Jesus, he says, As the deer pants for the flowing stream, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you. And man, all of our Christian bookstores and our industry, we've kind of messed that up. Even the song. Andrew, we don't really sing that song, and I'm kind of glad because it's kind of like, As the deer pants for the waters. I mean, we picture this calm little nice deer just looking around, listening to the birds, just... Bambi drinking the water. No, you know what causes a deer to pant for water? They're being hunted. Their life is in danger. They don't know if they're going to make it. And he said, oh God, as the deer pants for the water, my soul just longs for you. That's why some of the songs we sing say, oh my soul, when's the last time you've worshipped in such a way that your soul was starved? When's the last time you've worshipped in such a way that your tear ducts began to move? (laughs) Worship is not based on your circumstances. One of the sweetest moments of worship in my life 
was about three years ago. We had just made it back into the room knowing that my dad's moments were few on this earth. And my brother and sister-in-law and wife, we just sat around his bed, just holding his hands, looking at him. And we just began to sing. We were just singing to old country singers album of hymns and we came to how great thou art O lord my god when i in awesome wonder consider all the worlds your hands have made i see the stars i hear the rolling thunder the power throughout the universe displayed and when i think that god his son not sparing sent him to die i scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin and then when christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home What joy shall fill my heart. Then I will bow in humble adoration and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art. Oh, I pray that, I pray that you find a way just to be present with Jesus. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Time's about out, but I'm just telling you, it's evident to me, the shepherd in me, there's a lot of you that something's caused you to grow cold in your faith. Just cry out to him today, God, restore that joy of my salvation. Give me that hunger, that thirst for you. Help me to see what's in me that's keeping me from practicing your presence, because it's not about him. There's got to be something in you. Simon gave Jesus a place. Martha gave Jesus her perspiration. Lazarus gave Jesus his presence. But the story Jesus told us we would remember is about Mary. Mary gave Jesus her perfume. Mary gave, and like others, that comes uh, easier for some of us than it does for others of you. Some of you, just me saying that Mary gave, you like tensed up. Um, I didn't know he was going to talk about giving. I mean, I can see your face. You look like you've been nursing on a dill pickle. I mean, it's, you, you don't like it when we talk about this. Why? Because when we talk about giving, it's just like our salvation. We're giving up control of something that we think is ours. And we're missing the fact that scripture has already taught us everything we have that's any good came from him. You really think you've got something on your own that you earned, that you deserved? Well, someone pointed out, you always find Mary at the feet of Jesus. Find her learning from Jesus. You find her praying to Jesus when Lazarus died. Here you find her giving. You're going to find her grieving. Amazing things happen at the feet of Jesus. 
here she gives. Now, I just want to tell you, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Okay? You can give even to your church and it not be from your heart. But you can't have your heart stirred by the creator of the universe and not figure out a way to be generous. So, so how did she do that? Number one, Mary gave what she had. She gave what she had. God didn't want you to give something you don't have. So she gave this jar of nard perfume. It had come from very rare, high pasture lands of either China, Tibet, or India, very far away. And so it was very valuable. Now, I've traveled the world, and I've been places. I can remember going to a mall in Dubai and, and seeing perfume and seeing the price on that and thinking, who buys this stuff? I mean, I've, I've bought perfume for my bride that was kind of pricey. But nothing like that. Very costly. How do we know that? Because the treasurer is there. Judas, the money guy, the accountant. And no offense, but I just want to say, I've, I've learned 30 years in ministry. Sometime, if God's gifted you and given you that accounting brain, and that's kind of the way you work through things, this faith thing is hard to, it's hard to embrace. Because you're used to living in a number with red, black, and white on paper. And so the accountant says, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know how much that's worth? In the NIV, it says it's a year's wage, 300 denarii. Now, a, a denarius was a day's wage. So really, if, if it's a, a year's wage, 365 denarius. Now, I did some research. Some of you got some good news about to, about to happen. The end of September, the minimum wage in Florida goes up to $12 an hour. It's going up every September until I think 2026. All right? So if it's 300 days, that would be $20,640 in, in our money. If it's a year, like NIV says, it would be $24,960. Does that help you just understand this was a big deal? And she takes that, the most valuable thing she has, Probably, really only two things she probably was saving it for. Either for her dowry to be given when she was married or for burial of someone she loved. Stored in an alabaster jar. And all the gospels tell us that she breaks that and begins to pour it on Jesus. Let me just ask you a question before I give you the second thing. Are you currently giving generously of what you have in gratitude for who Jesus is and what he's done? That, that's, the, that's the question. Not are you giving what a preacher thinks you should give or are you giving what you were taught? Well, I'm not, who cares? Are you giving generously of what you have in gratitude for who Jesus is and what he's done? She gave what she had. Secondly, she gave while she could. You know what I've seen all my life? I see a lot of one-day Christians. Boy, one day, we're going to serve in our church. One day, preacher, we're going to be able to show up so much, you're going to get tired of seeing us. One day, I had this one guy, every time I saw him, preacher, I'm just telling you, one day, I'm going to give a big old gift to the church. A lot of one-day 
Christians. That wasn't Mary. Mary gave while she could. She looked at what she had, and she made a decision to give. The death of Jesus would transpire in such a way that they wouldn't have time for his body to be anointed. And they would do that when they buried somebody. You know why? Because they did not embalm people. (laughs) They would anoint them so the smell wouldn't be so bad that it would come out of the tombs. And then they would bury them. But with Jesus, they didn't have time. That's why on the first Sunday, the ladies were going to do what? To anoint his body. So what did Jesus say? When Judas complained, he said, shut up. He said, she's anointing me for burial. They didn't understand it in the moment. But Jesus was saying, hey, she's doing what nobody else will do when she can do it. I had an old preacher I once heard. He said, do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. (laughs) Man, we're in the midst of the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of our nation. And, And yet, hear me. If you're 65, 70 and older, just listen. Facts. The greatest transfer of wealth in the history of our nation. And yet, most of it from... Christ followers that have served their churches all their life, most of it is going to descendants who aren't living for the Lord. So if you want to make a difference with what you have for the kingdom of God, there's no time like the present. The right time to do the right thing is always when? Right now. Number three, Mary gave how she should, with passion and joy. According to other passages, what we know is, is that, now listen, if Mary was just going to clean Jesus' feet, that would have been normal because we're already told they're reclining at the table. They're walking around in sandals. Who wants to recline at a table where some dirty feet all up next to the fried okra? I mean, that is not good. So it would have been normal for her to clean his feet. But from the other gospels, you know what we know? You know what it says? She poured it on his head. She like took that year's wage worth of perfume and she said, Jesus, you're worth it all. That's how I want to live. I want to be all in. I don't have all the answers. I may not have all the accounting figured out. Though when I stand before God one day, I, I, I don't want him to say, man, why were you so cheap? Why didn't you trust me? Did you think you invented this thing? Why didn't you trust me? I would tell you, there's always a financial trail to the things you're most passionate about. Did y'all hear that? There's always a financial trail to the things you're most passionate about. So maybe you just need to ask, what is Jesus wanting me to give today? Well... That, that's a powerful story. Don't you like that story? You kind of understand why Jesus said, we're going to tell this from now on. Good job, Mary. But remember, Jesus divides. So not everybody's thinking in the right way. You can even be a part of the party and not celebrate with gratitude. And you know what that means? That means you're just a consumer. You're just a bystander. You're not a worshiper. Oh, I wish I had time. You know the difference between a consumer and a worshiper? The consumer is the one that walks in and says, I I can't worship to that song. A consumer is the one that says, well, I'm going to have to go to another church where my children can be a little more entertained. 
And consumer was the one that says, well, I don't know, that steps on my toes a little much. A worshiper says, I'm, I'm there for Jesus. And whether or not the singer's on tune or off tune or my style or their style, I want to give my best to him. A worshiper, a worshiper says, I want to go to a church that may not be the funnest, coolest, or have the best facilities, but I want to make sure they're preparing my child to be a disciple of Christ because in this world, it's tough. A worshiper says, I want to hear the word of God, so give me a message that proclaims the word of God. Oh, I don't want to be a consumer. It's not about how you feel or what you want or how comfortable you are. All of us are on this continuum between gratitude and entitlement. So one of the disciples, Judas, objects. We should have sold this money, this perfume, and given the money to the poor. Sounds good. I've heard it in this church. I've heard it when we began our campaign to renovate. We, there are folks that have left our church, and this is what they said. You should have used that money to do something for the poor. I was reserved. I didn't say thank you, Judas. <laughs> so what was, that's a true story. I'm just telling you. I, I want to be vulnerable with you. We got to get this right. It's too important. So Jesus says, you're always going to have the poor with you. Now, what was he saying? Was he saying, don't care about the least of these? Not at all. Because all throughout his ministry, he had done that. In fact, he says, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you're making a difference. Jesus was saying, keep your priorities right. Keep the main thing, the main thing. It wasn't a prohibition for caring for the poor. He wants us to do that. It's just a reminder that he's the main thing. And if you do the good things, but you forsake the main thing, then you're doing the wrong things. And all you have to do, all you have to do is look at Christian universities in this country and around the world that were founded for the name of Christ. And now, go look. Go look at some of the charities. Charities like World Vision, some of you give to perhaps, that was started to, to help children in the name of Jesus. And now they've changed their policy that you can't even mention Jesus' name. Oh, if you forget the main thing, you're doing the wrong thing. Before we're too hard on Judas, you know what Matthew told us? All the boys were there. Matthew 26, 8 says, when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? How easy it is to get off track. That's why we needed this reminder today. The magnitude of the mission always calls us for extravagant generosity. Don't have to be rich to be generous. Just have to be generous. Somebody said generosity is like romance. It works on any budget. Tomorrow, by God's grace, tomorrow, by God's grace, Kimberly and I celebrate 30 years of marriage. Wow. I'll never forget our first date. And man, I didn't do everything right. I did a lot wrong. And our our first date, I kind of caught her at the last minute and I didn't know this, but she had already eaten, and so we went to Chili's, and I ordered, and I ordered the same thing uh, over 32 years ago that I still order today at Chili's. I won't tell you what it is, but I ordered that, and then it came time for her to order. She said, I'm I'm not ordering anything. Now, I was a seminary student, so in my head, I was thinking, what is, why is she not ordering anything? And she said, I've already eaten. In my heart, I was saying, thank you, Jesus, I don't have money. (laughs) 
And so, you know, when we started that, we didn't have anything. We don't have much more now some days, it seems like. But romance wasn't based on a budget. Neither is generosity. There's always going to be two crowds. Those who passionately worship Jesus and those who critically judge the way others do. You've just got to decide where you are in the crowd. That's my question to you today. How are you responding to the lavish love and the gracious grace Jesus. Next seven days. You. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com.